Well, good afternoon, good morning to whoever and whatever time you're listening to this. Please tune in for me for the next 30 to 45 minutes. And thank you all for tuning in to the show once again, Last Word Productions. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. So as you all know, we got some sad news actually going on into in the basketball world right now. And there is two injuries to one of the emerging stars that was coming into our league and one of the old reliable stars that we've watched for almost two decades now. And that's both LeBron James and LaMelo Ball, man. Last, not last night, but yesterday, LeBron had suffered a high ankle sprain. It's, it was reported directly after the game. He'll be out indefinitely now. It's looking like he'll be out six to eight weeks. Tough blow for the Lakers. They already were shorthanded without Anthony Davis. Not fully sure how the rest of their season would pan out for them at this point, in all honesty. But I'm sure they'll find a way to still get in the playoffs, and that's honestly that's all they'll need to be able to do. If they can still get into the dance, I, I like their chances against anyone fully healthy. And in terms of Lamelo Ball, he suffered a right, of I believe a fractured right wrist, if I'm not mistaken. And he's out indefinitely. He's set to miss the remainder of the season. So that's just a huge blow for not just the Hornets, but for the NBA World period. I mean, this was a guy that was easily running away with the Rookie of the Year award. And he's just he's just not going to win it now, especially with the emergence of Anthony Edwards, a guy who's been coming on the last couple of games. You know, he dropped 40, I think 42 his last game. It's just... It's just going to be hard now for people to really grasp the fact that, you know, an emerging star and a, a very well-renounced star is not going to be playing anymore for a long time for this season. And in all honesty, man, it might impact numbers because LaMelo is selling tickets for the Hornets. LeBron, of course, is going to sell tickets. So... Who knows? We'll see how it all turns out and how it all pans out. But as it stands right now, man, it's not looking too hot for the league, man. And it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's just so many injuries and things that are occurring. And it's like, man, you know, can you tie it back to the fact that they started the league year a little bit earlier than they should have? I mean, I know most people are going to brush it off and say, you know, it doesn't mean anything. That has nothing to do with anything. There's no possible way to truly correlate those two matters. But I mean, maybe you give a guy a couple days, a couple months, excuse me, of more rest. Maybe these injuries don't occur. Maybe their body's more rested. You never know. I mean, that's just how I look at it. And at the end of the day, it is a business, so I understand why they sped up the process as quick as they did to continue into the next season. But with that being said, currently right now, the Lakers aren't looking too hot against the Suns. It's 44-59 at halftime. Their Lennox score is Montrez Harrell with 10 points. Just not good enough, man. I don't they, – they, they're – if the Lakers are looking to stay competitive and to keep this team afloat until these two superstars come back, they, they're going to have to make a move. They're going to have to move someone – they're going to have to move to get someone, whether it's Bradley Beal or Victor Oladipo or something. You you need to go get somebody to keep this team afloat. So when these guys do come back healthy, 
you'll be a still a lot to be a favorite because now you'll have a big three. So to me, they, they have to go make a move for somebody, whether it's Zach Levine, Victor Oladipo, Bradley Bill, whether you need to go get someone. Cause right now you're you're not gonna be anyone with the team you have right now. That you have a team full of really good role players. You don't have a shot creator on the team now. Or at least not a consistently good shot creator and maker. I mean, I love Kuzma. I've told plenty of people if he was on his own team as the number one scoring option, he could blossom into a, another player. But he's that that's just not him right now. It's different from when you give a dude the opportunity to grow into a role and first is asking him and demanding of him to be a A option when he was a D option not too long ago. It's it's harder. You know, so it's a lot more pressure on him as a player versus like a guy like LaMelo who knows he's playing with house money. The Hornets wasn't expected to do anything. So, of course, he had more time to develop and actually grow into his own game. Because, again, what, would, what did they have to lose? The Hornets been losing already. So, it's just going to be hard for them, period, man. It's, it's going to be difficult. You know, and another basketball news, Blake Griffin made his Brooklyn Nets debut today. You know, didn't play a lot of minutes. I, I believe he logged 14 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. I looked at the numbers earlier. Yep, he logged 14 minutes, two points. Two rebounds and a block. You know, nothing too major, man. He only attempted two shots. They wanted to ease him, ease him into the lineup. He hasn't played since February 12th. You know, this is a guy who they're not going to ask to be Lob City Blake or even Detroit Pistons Blake when he first got to Detroit. They're just going to ask him to give him what he, what he can. You know, he doesn't need to go out there and be spectacular. He doesn't need to go out there and be this all-star caliber player that he once was. He just needs to go out there and give them at least 10 to 12 points. That's all he needs. That's all they need out of Blake. They don't need him to be anything more than that. 10, 12 points a game, five, six rebounds. That's that's very serviceable numbers, especially considering the role that they want to play. They want him to be more of a playmaking big, stretch big than anything. So I think those numbers can very well get the job done. It's just about whether or not if that's what he wants to be on a consistent basis. Because playing with the likes of James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant when he eventually does return, that's what you're going to have to be forced to be. Because you're, you're not taking the ball out of either one of these guys' hands. So that automatically drops you off to the fourth scoring option. We'll see exactly how it pans out and works out for them, though. Now... We're going to jump right over into the NFL news. I'm not going to speak on the MVP standards right now for the NBA because I think with all these injuries, man, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit disappointing and upsetting, man. You already knew LaMelo was running away with rookie of the year. He's hurt. LeBron and Embiid hurt. So it's, it's, it's the rankings really shaked up a lot. The last time I checked them, it was Jokic, Damian Lillard, and who was the, who was the third? I forgot who the third was. Oh, let me let me go let me go check real quick, guys, because it was it was a third name that was there that you, I didn't see before until LeBron got hurt. It might have been James Harden, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. It might have been James Harden. But anyway, whoever, regardless of who it was, you know, it's disappointing to see. 
it's disappointing to see that type of rankings due to injury. I mean, of course these dudes have been working. I mean, I'm not taking anything from Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard or Jokic, but just to see Embiid and Braun both go down, man, it just... MVP races just ain't going to feel the same for me, at least. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but that's at least how I feel. Now we're going to get off into the NFL news. Excuse me. I just wanted to speak briefly on those things. And I'm going to talk about some major signings that occurred these past two days. So for those who don't know, Kenny Galladay signed a massive deal with the New York Giants. A four-year deal worth $72 million. I believe it was $40 million guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and outside of Kenny Galladay, the Broncos made a good move with signing Kyle Fuller to a one-year deal worth $9.5 million. Cowboys also brought in safety Keanu Neal, former Falcon, a year, one-year deal for $5 million. And another move I thought was really good was Deshaun Jackson to the Rams on a one-year deal. I mean, there's a lot of really good moves. And one one move that surprised me was the Steelers re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year deal worth $8 million. That was really shocking to me, especially seeing the reports come out about him being offered more money from Kansas City. And I forgot who the second team was. But just the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs offered him a contract with more money and he turned it down to come back for a one-year deal with the Steelers was absolutely shocking to me. And I just, I didn't know how to take it. I just was like, man, guys need to stop being loyal to teams that would trade them in a heartbeat. They just need to. I don't, I don't care how much cap space the Steelers are projected to have next season. I don't care... What they tell you they're going to do for you, that doesn't mean anything. Look at Le'Veon Bell. You know, it's not, there's not an appointing the finger at the Steelers to say, you know, they're not a trustworthy franchise or anything like that. I'm just saying. All of these franchises will do you the same way. You'll, they'll tell you one thing, and the next day they'll trade you for a bag of peanuts. Look at what the Toronto Raptors did to DeMar DeRozan. I know it's a different sport, but it's the same concept. He literally walked into the office he asked them, is he being traded? They told him no. Couple days later, he was traded. I mean, I understand it's a, I know you, I understand it's the business, you know, it's the business side of these sporting, sporting um, entertainment things of that nature. Like, I understand, man, but at the end of the day, guys should not be loyal to these teams when the teams will never show them that same loyalty. They won't. I mean, hell, it took Dak Prescott breaking his ankle to get his contract. They they didn't give that to that man when he was fully capable of still playing. I mean, it's it's, it's just, at some point, man, you got to do what's best for you. I mean, going to a contender, you go in as a second, third option, playing with who many see as the best quarterback by far in the league right now in the top, the number one offense in the league, high-powered. I mean, who doesn't want to play in that? That's, that's fun. And it's, it's hard for me to, to even picture Juju Smith, a, a guy with his character and his, you know, his moxie and his, his whole demeanor denying that type of opportunity for himself. 
it's I don't know, man. It's just it's mind boggling to me. And to get off into Kenny Galladay signing, to me, this is a good signing, man. I mean, it's a good signing. I like Kenny Galladay. I don't I don't think he's worth eighteen million a season. I will say that, but that was the market for receivers, so I understand why you pay him that. He's a really good he's a really good balls. He has really good excuse me. He has really good ball skills. Strong, strong hands, man, at the point of attack, especially he attacks the ball in the air. He's a better route runner than he's given credit for. I think he gets in and out of his breaks a lot smoother than what people give him credit for. I think he's a really good run blocker. To me, that is very underrated in any receiver's game, and I think it's overlooked because, you know, it's such a pass-heavy and pass-happy league now. A lot of receivers who can block are overlooked, and I think his blocking is overlooked. I think he's a really good blocker. Same thing I said with Juju Smith not too long ago. I think that's a game. That's a part of their games that are overlooked, and that's exactly why I thought the Ravens were gonna go after one of these guys and see that they. I think the Ravens did go after Juju Smith Schuster. That was the second team that offered him, but seeing that the Ravens failed to get either one of these guys says that. They don't really care about Lamar's development, but, you know, we'll see how that works out in their favor. Maybe they see something in the draft they want. Who knows? But to continue by Kenny Galladay, four-year, $72 million, Like I said, great hands, strong hands, better route run to give him credit for. He's a physical player. And he's a guy that's going to come in and be their first, first receiving option. I mean... You put him alongside the side, the likes of Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard in the slot, Evan Ingram in tight end, and Saquon Barkley in the backfield. You got some, that's some talent, man. That's some talent. There's no denying that. It's talent. You got Kenny Galladay, a guy who led the league in touchdowns, I believe, two years ago. Double-digit touchdown receiver. Then you got Darius Slayton, a burner, a deep threat. Sterling Shepard run every route in the route tree, Saquon Barkley, who I've said for the past two years now, is the most talented running back in the league. To me, it's just about Daniel Jones now. It's, is Daniel Jones the guy? That's all it's about now. And Kenny Galladay has came out and tweeted, I believe, if it was a tweet, it was either a tweet or it was a um, post or something. Came out and said he's excited about growing with Daniel Jones. We, I got to see it, man. I'm, I'm not a believer. I haven't been a believer in Daniel Jones ever since he's been drafted. I, I got to see it for myself, man. He got to prove me wrong. I'm, I'm not big on Daniel Jones at all, and he's been showing me why I haven't been big on him. I got to see it first, man. You know, I know the Giants don't want to throw in the towel on him just yet. He's still young. You know, the guy... Is in his in entering his what third season, if I'm not mistaken. So it's 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 hard for me to say. It's it's hard for me to say that he's a bust because he has shown some bright spots. He has shown some skill, but it's it's just some boneheaded plays that he makes and throws that he makes and decisions that he's just like, man, listen. At some point, you got to pick this up. You're going into your third season. I understand you're still young, but at the same time, you're because 
What makes it frustrating is that he's consistently making the same mistakes. Almost as if he's not learning. That's what makes it concerning if I was a Giants fan or a football fan. As a football fan, period, that makes it concerning. Because you... I know, I know I'm a Dolphins fan and all, but you hate to see talent wasted, man. And I would hate to see the Giants assemble such talented offensive players just for Daniel Jones to be mediocre some more and, you know, kind, kind of just dilute that talent and just have it just be for nothing. Like, it will be much similar to what the Bears in the Mr. Trubisky situation. Not to say Mitch just has an an all pro caliber offense around him, but it was damn sure good. You know, the defense was most definitely good. It had the number one scoring defense. The his I believe that was his rookie season when they first traded for Khalil Mack, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. They had the number one scoring defense, a top five defense. This was a legitimate team. I mean, it was in his first or second season. I can't remember right now. But this was a team that was literally built to win at that very moment. And the quarterback position just wasn't good enough. I mean, I don't care how anyone feels about Mr. Bisky. I don't care how anyone feels about what I'm saying. I mean, he, he just wasn't good enough. And I would hate for that to be the, the giant situation with Daniel Jones. I don't want them to look down like three to four years down the road from now and they'll be in the same exact situation the Bears in where they have players who clearly don't want to play there anymore because of the quarterback situation. They're growing overly frustrated because it seems as if no one wants to address the elephant in the room and just move on. I mean, at some point, man, it has to you have to hold these guys accountable and Tell them they need to be better or you're going to be replaced. And to me, that's what the Giants have to do with Dane Jones. If if I'm the Giants, you know, whether it's a player or a coach, I'm telling Dane Jones, like, listen, man, you got one year. You got all the weapons. You, your offensive line, not the best, but it's young, it's growing. You know, Nate Soda, Andrew Thomas, you got some guys here. We invested some money and not only just the line, but the skill positions. The defense is slowly coming together. You got a good young secondary. You just re-signed Leonard Williams to an extension. Jabril Peppers emerged a little bit coming into the season with you all. And y'all eyeing the Dory Jackson. You, you got defense, man. You, the defense is going to come together. It's still relatively young. The offense is going to come together. We just need you to be the glue that's going to help it come together. And if Daniel Jones can't prove that this next season, they have to move on before it's too late. They have to. You can't, you can't continue to waste talent. This is, I, I understand, man, you know, this is the, a developmental league. You got to give dudes time. But no, you, you can't continue to just give dudes time and time again and again and again. Nah. In this day and age, in this NFL now, man, it's two to three years at most. That's that's what you got. That's your timetable. Two to three years. If you look good enough in the second season, you got three. But if you ain't showed true progress, that second season might be your last. And to me, that's what it comes down to. Does, does the player show enough to build off on? 
And to me, Daniel Jones does show enough to build off on. He just, he just, he has to learn from the same mistakes he's making, man. He, he has to, and that's what makes it frustrating. He's making the same mistakes, but that's how you know it's fixable, because it's the same mistakes. So if you could get him out of those mistakes, he can be so much more better. And and let me use an example to why I say the same mistake. If, I believe it was a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. I'm not sure, but it was a night game. It was the Giants versus the Buccaneers, man. Daniel Jones and the Giants had ample amount of opportunities to win the tightest game. He missed consistently, consistently on deep routes, on goals, straight up goal routes with Darius Slayton. Missed them three or four times in that one game. And then... Where he could have thrown the ball away, he took a bad hit and ended up forcing the pass that turned into an interception. And to end the game, could have tied the game. I believe it was, oh uh, man, it was Deion Lewis, I believe. The runner, yeah, Deion Lewis had him wide open, waited a hair too long to throw it to him. Winfield jumps the route. Breaks the pass up. You know, the rest is history. Gotta be better, man. That's it. You complete one pass to Darius Slayton. That game is different. You you throw that ball a second late, I mean earlier, that the game is different. You throw the ball away instead of taking a sack and that turned into an interception, the game is different. You know, it's it's the little things he has to start doing, man, and he's he's not doing it right now. And I hope he picks it up because like I said, the Giants have a, a, a really talented roster. And some more signings that had happened, that were, to me, that were actually pretty significant. The Broncos s- extended Justin Simmons to a four-year, $61 million deal. So they got Kyle Fuller. They got Simmons still. I mean... Second day gonna be all right. I mean, they lost Malik Jackson. I mean, they already have lost Malik Jackson, but Malik Jackson actually signed with the Browns, which to me is an underrated signing for them. And another signing that was underrated for me was Anthony Harris to the Eagles. I was always big on Anthony Harris, man. I thought he was one of the better playmaking safeties in the league, not just with ball skills, but I think he's a good. I think he's a good outfitter type of dude. He doesn't let anything get past him pretty much, whether it's a deep ball or whether he's the last line of defense to get an open field tackle. He's a, he's a better tackler than he's giving credit for. He's a guy that he isn't going to be a household name per se, but he is a guy that's going to come up on film. You know, he's going to be near the ball. He, that's, that's just him. And to me, is the Eagles getting him, helping their poor secondary I mean, Darius Slay, you know, he, he ain't getting any younger. You need to put somebody back there to help him out. I mean, speed, that what it used to be. But I like that sign of Anthony Harris for the Eagles, man. And the other NFL news, this whole Deshaun Watson situation with this sexual harassment allegations, man, I'm going I'm to... I'm gonna just I'm gonna speak I'm gonna quickly and just this whole situation to me is just 
to be quite frank with you, is just annoying. Because it's so much that's happening at once that doesn't make sense or it just seems extremely odd, especially since the timing of everything. And that's simply put, man. I mean, it's 20, 22 women in totality came out in less than 24 hours and accused Deshaun Watson of sexual harassment. And I want, I want everyone to keep in mind a couple of facts. All 22 women from different places don't know each other. You know, I, be, I believe some of them are masseuses, if I'm not mistaken. It may be all of them, I'm not sure. But all 22 women have the same exact attorney. All 22 women. I mean, if, if and if you guys think I'm making that up, go. You can go look it up yourself. All 22 women have the same exact attorney. All of them. And do we, and do y'all know who that attorney is? He is a close friend and used to be neighbor of Bob McNair, who is the late father of Kyle McNair, the owner of the Texans. And not only just that, guys, not only just that, no one has pressed the charge yet. Out of all of these women, the stories they're trying to, you know, put out there about Deshaun Watson and what he made them do to them, no one has pressed a single charge, only civil suits. And for those who don't know what I mean by that, that's basically me saying that they're just trying to sue him for his actions, basically. Get his money. But no one has pressed the charge yet. And one of the stories, in one of the reports, it literally stated the girl said she literally blacked out because he was aggressively speaking to her about how to oil his anus in a specific way. I mean, it's a, it just sounds fabricated, man. It, it sounds made up. You telling me you blacked out because of someone speaking to you aggressively? Not because of what he made you do. Not because of what he was doing to you. You blacked out because someone yelled at you. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense that masseuses can afford a 6K lawyer, a six-figure lawyer. Doesn't make sense. I know a lot of people will say they're only asking for 500 out of the case. No. This is a six-figure lawyer. You think a six-figure lawyer is taking a case where he's only his clients are only receiving $500 each? We got to use common sense, nah. Even with $500, if they were to win, he's not even getting a third. Sorry, guys, my laptop had died. But to continue my previous point, he's not even, he wouldn't even be receiving a third of what he would usually be making. Like, it, it doesn't make sense, man. Like, something isn't being said or something isn't being truly displayed in the public's eye. And to me, man, it's just, they're just trying to just really def defame and just, antagonize and take away from 
Deshaun Watson's character at this point it seems like it to almost hurt his trade value. And to me, it's just to be frank, man, it's disgusting. And I've said this before. If you know, I'm not putting anything past the Texas man. People can act as if the Texans are not like this idiotic franchise or anything like that. If y'all read, I'm pretty sure it's, you know, you guys have heard my last YouTube uploaded video about Jack Easterby. If you guys literally just read half of the stuff about Jack Easterby and what he's done in that Texas franchise with Kyle McNair thus far, to me, this wouldn't be far-fetched to, to see or to hear or if it's reported that, excuse me, they're trying to get Deshaun Watson a bad rep so it can hurt his trade value and now force him either to play there or they take his guaranteed money and they can literally drop him from nothing or move him, whatever the case may be. To me, at the end of the day, man, I wouldn't put it past the Texans. I wouldn't. I think they're definitely that kind of franchise because remember, it's the same franchise of the late Bob McNair. You can't have the, excuse me, you can't have the inmates running the prison. His exact words. I wouldn't put it past them, guys. That's all I'm saying. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm not saying Kyle McNair is behind this. He's being devious or he's a madman or whatever the case may be. I'm not even saying Deshaun Watson is innocent. But I am saying is this whole entire situation is extremely sketchy. It doesn't, it seems extremely fabricated. It seems like it isn't authentic or real in any way, shape, or form. And if it does come out to be true that the Texans are trying to literally get this guy blackballed or whatever the case is, Roger Goodell needs to step in and he needs to strip the rights of the Texans from Kyle McNair. At that point, he has to. There's no, nothing else that can be said or done to fix this situation. You have to take away the team. At that point, if I'm Roger Goodell, Kyle McNair, you left me no choice. I let you get away with this shit, so excuse me, excuse my language. I let you get away with it for the entire offseason, the past two years. Now you're taking it too far. You took it too far. You're gone. That's it. I don't care who your father was. I don't care which, how long y'all own the Texas. That is it. And no fan Q&A today, guys. You know, I just wanted to speak a little bit about some of these these new, the news, excuse me, and these free agent signings and the NBA injuries that are just absolutely catastrophic, you know. But other than that, thank you all for tuning in once again to the show. And, guys, I do now have a Patreon, so you can check me out on my Patreon. It's Last Word Productions, just like all my stream names is. So please go subscribe to the Patreon for exclusive content. I will be uploading exclusive content as soon as tomorrow, or if not tomorrow, it'll be later on this week. I will try my best to put things on there that only you guys can see who are subscribed to the, the Patreon. So follow me on there, subscribe to the Patreon. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of those things, you know, guys. I truly appreciate you all who tune in every week and listen to me. I thank you. I can't thank you all enough. And I see y'all in the next episode. Thank y'all for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day.